Hey there, future fans! It is a new week, and we have new movies to talk about on the show. This week we have Camelot's Black Sheep, A Father We Can't See, and people saying their silent prayers. This is the week of April 6th, 2018, and this is episode 85 of Future Flicks with Billiam. Hey there. Welcome. Welcome to the show. I know it's another late one this week, but I have really good reasons that will become clear in um, maybe the episode after next. So in episode 87, I will probably be able to tell you what it is that I've been doing these past few weeks, why the shows were becoming late again, even though I had been back on track. All that will become clear later. But in the meantime, we have another episode, and that means new news new trailers, and of course, all the movies of the week. So if you are new, welcome to the show and let me tell you what it is I do here. On Future Flicks, I am a one-man operation where I talk about all of the movie news coming out during the week. I talk about all of the new trailers that have hit, and then we go over movies. We go over any limited releases that I just briefly talk about, and then we go in, into a little more in-depth about the limited releases I think look really good, and then the wide releases. We wrap that all up with a question of the week, and then also when I talk about the movies, or at least the main movies, I will give it a score, which I call the Billiams Interest Level Score, or the Bill Score. This score is based only on the trailer, and it goes from a zero for those horrible, horrible movies, and an 11 for the best of the best, or at least the ones that are must-see in theaters. Just because it gets an 11 doesn't mean it's going to be some Oscar-nominated masterpiece. It could be, or it could just be really fun. And as always, don't forget to find me on Twitter and follow me. I do tweet occasionally, and on Instagram, I do post pictures occasionally, all of those, at BilliamSWN. I am part of the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network, and you can find the Somewhat Nerdy website at somewhatnerdy.com. You can also like our Facebook page to keep in touch and to keep up to date with all the latest episodes. Also, don't forget to listen to the other shows on the network. That is Somewhat Nerdy Radio that just hit its second year. Congratulations, guys. And uh, I am right behind you in June. I will hit my second year. And then Nerds of the Squared Circle. It's a weekly wrestling podcast where Snarf Chris and Sam Kiss talk about all all wrestling. Okay, maybe not everything, but they talk a lot about WWE, New Japan, um, the local Louisiana one, Wildcat. And you know what? The Somewhat Nerdy Radio Podcast is a bi-weekly show, and they cover a plethora of nerd topics. It's it's always fun to listen to. If you haven't started yet, please do so. I really like it. I would 100% listen to it, even if I wasn't part of their network. You, you can always jump with, in with the latest episode, and all of our shows, actually. You don't have to go from the beginning, and especially with mine. I don't recommend it, because I've, I've become a lot better through time. It's, it's embarrassing for me to go back and listen to the original episodes. But with Somewhat Nerdy Radio, you can do that. And Nerds of the Squared Circle, you can do that. 
Of course, it's for nerds of the squared circle, it's a little less topical, seeing as they talk about current events in wrestling. But with somewhat nerdy radio, you can you can go back and start from the beginning and listen to all of them. And my favorite episode so far, which is the two-parter they did on cartoon theme songs. Well, ladies and gentlemen, let's get on with this show. This show is once again Future Flex with Billiam. So we will slip into the first segment, which, as always, is the news. According to MovieWeb, we should be scared when it comes to the title of Avengers 4. If you remember, this movie's title was being withheld because it contained spoilers for Infinity War. I'm, uh, you know, I'm guessing that someone is going to die or Thanos is going to win at the end of this movie and thus the Avengers will have to beat a near god. Whatever it is, it's not going to, it's not going to be good. And not just because they said we should be scared, even before then I knew this wasn't going to be a happy ending. Because Thanos, as a as a character, deserves way more than just a one movie, one movie deal. They kick the shit out of him and they move on. I mean, true, he has become sort of uh, more of a joke than he used to be. I mean, he's still terrifying and he can be. But remember, Squirrel Girl beat him. Squirrel Girl has beaten everyone. But anyway, when that movie title is revealed, uh, they don't have a date yet, but they tell us it's going to be after Avengers: Infinity War comes out. In other news. Creed 2 has started filming with both Michael B. Jordan and Sylvester Stallone returning for the sequel. In this film, Adonis will continue his training under Rocky Balboa as he prepares for a fight with Vitor Drago, son of Ivan Drago. And yes, Dolph Lundgren is reprising his role as Ivan Drago. This story came out to us from Collider. Slash Film says that the rumor mill is all abuzz with news about the forthcoming Venom movie. Back in 2017, it was announced that Woody Harrelson was in the film, and now rumors are saying that he is playing Carnage. After seeing him in War for the Planet of the Apes, I would really like to see this. While that movie may have been a letdown, he was really good in it. And that was something I really liked about the movie, was the acting. The acting was fantastic. It was just the story was mediocre. And I do hope we see Carnage, and Woody Harrelson as Carnage, would he would never have been my first pick, but now that they've put this in my head, it would be really good. And then there, I've been hearing back and forth about Tom Holland being in this movie, like will he be in it, will he not? He is on the IMDb page, but I've read other articles that saying he's not going to have anything to do with this movie, which makes me realize that if they don't have Spider-Man in this movie, then it cannot be an origin story because you cannot have the origin of Venom without Spider-Man. True, you may not have to go through the whole symbiote suit thing for Spider-Man, but you at least need the suit to have been on Spider-Man first. You have to have Eddie Brock's history with both Spider-Man and Peter Parker, and then that is how Venom is born when the symbiote finds him. So I really hope that I, that Tom Holland is in the movie if this is an origin story, and if it's not then then I'm fine that we don't need him. We have three more stories. Another story from Collider's next. They are reporting that Star Trek IV may have more than one script. This is in part due to the lackluster return for Star Trek Beyond, a movie that I quite liked, but it didn't really do as well as Paramount was hoping. We've all heard that Quentin Tarantino is working on a script and that he and J.J. Abrams are really excited for it, but there was already a script being written before the popular director announced he wanted to helm the movie. So which one are we going to see? Only time will tell. The last two stories come to us from Hollywood Reporter. I'm sorry, actually three more stories, all from Hollywood Reporter. I've had a little to drink. Talking is a uh, talking and counting are a little difficult right now. The first story is that 
The Rock has come out to talk about the feud with Vin Diesel. In this interview, well, actually, the interview was done with Rolling Stone, um, but Hollywood Reporter picked up on this story. So Rolling Stone broke it, but I'm reading this on Hollywood Reporter's website. So apparently in the last Fast and Furious movie, Vin Diesel and The Rock did not film together. All of their scenes were filmed separately, which is why you would never actually see them standing next to each other in the movie. The Rock says that they basically had a talk in his trailer. And he says, quote, Vin and I had a few discussions, including an important face-to-face in my trailer. And what I came to realize is that we have a fundamental difference in philosophies on how we approach movie making and collaborating. It took me some time, but I'm grateful for that to clarify, whether we work together again or not. So it looks like they did get heated, and now The Rock is looking back on it, or should I say Dwayne Johnson is looking back on it, saying, you know what, I'm glad we talked this out, now we know. It doesn't seem like all the water's under the bridge. It does seem like there's still some heat between them, because it it may prevent them from filming together again, as Vin Diesel may not be in Fast 9, though he is focusing on the spinoff that's going to feature him and Jason Statham's character in their own movie. That movie is set to come out in 2019. No uh, no set month yet. In other news, again, Hollywood Reporter, Chaos Walking is a movie that is coming out from Lionsgate. It is a what they call a ambitious sci-fi thriller, and apparently they need to do a lot of reshoots, but because both Tom Holland and Daisy Ridley are very busy actors, the reshoots won't happen until late this year, which means that the movie, which is called Chaos Walking, is based on a Patrick Ness book called The Knife of Never Letting Go. It is part of a popular trilogy that Lionsgate is hoping they will turn into movies. But right now, the only planned one is the first movie because they hope this can compete with the, well, with all the superhero and and Star Wars movies out there. So basically, Lionsgate kind of wants to compete with Disney. And while I assume they don't think they can honestly go toe-to-toe with the behemoth, they can at least carve out their own little niche. And the final story, remember, still from Hollywood Reporter, Gary Whitta, who is one of the, or who was one of the writers for Rogue One, a Star Wars story, is working on a last Starfighter reboot. If you remember, this was a movie from 1984 about this kid who is really good at a video game. And when he gets the high score on the game, he finds out that it was actually a training program for an intergalactic war. So they go to him and go, hey, you beat this game. You're really good. Come and fight for us. Now, the key word in this, and and my friends at Somewhat Nerdy Radio, I... This is why it's so important to me that we have a difference between reboot and remake. And I've heard your arguments on why they're different, and I respect that. But for me, this is why it's important, because I can look at this, and the fact that they're saying reboot, to me, means they're not going to just remake the movie, but they're going to bring the world back and tell a new story in that movie. Or in that world, that is. It could be a sequel, but usually, if it's going to be a sequel, they will straight up call it a sequel. So it could be another movie in the last Starfighter world, but just new characters. Well, everyone, that is it for the news. Let's step into everyone's favorite place, the trailer trove. Avast, and welcome to the trailer trove. All right, we only have two films to talk about. That's two. So let's get on with it. 
A few weeks back, I missed a very important trailer that I, I really need to talk about right now. This is a documentary by Focus Features, and it will be released on March 20th. And the film is called Won't You Be My Neighbor, and it's a documentary about Fred Rogers. This is something I need to see. A movie about a person who you can say, beyond the shadow of a doubt, that he was a truly great man. 14 years after his death and still no horror stories have come forward about him being some secret monster. He was just a kind man who wanted to teach children and I think we need him now more than ever. Uh, but here's the thing, we, we will never have Mr. Rogers again. And no, I'm not saying just because he's dead, but, but even if we brought back a show like it, it won't be him. It won't be his special brand of caring and the fact that he didn't talk down to kids, he, he treated them like equals. Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood was more than a show. It was about a, an amazing man and his big heart. Now more than ever, we need to remember to be kind to one another, to love. And this movie is what we all need to see. And I misspoke earlier. It was a trailer that was released on March 2nd. This film will come out on June 8th. And the only other trailer that caught my eye was for The Terminal. This looks like a super stylized assassin movie. Imagine if Lucky Number Slevin or Smokin' Aces was done in a style that's a love child between Sin City and Scott Pilgrim. Did that make sense? Okay, so Sin City and Scott Pilgrim vs. the World have a kid. That kid has a child with either Lucky Number Slevin or Smokin' Aces. That's what we have. That acid trip stars Margot Robbie, Simon Pegg, and Mike Myers. Mike Myers. When's the last time you thought of him outside of Shrek or Austin Powers? What's the last thing he's done? I mean, I'm, I'm at my computer right now. I can easily look it up, but I'm going to leave that question for you. What's the last thing he's done? I mean, really? That's right. I'm making you Google stuff for me. And I did not just steal that from some woman who may also be in the studio slash bedroom right now. I, I did not do that. And with that, we are done with the first part of the show. Let us go into our first break as we hear a word from our friends at Somewhat Nerdy Radio. Stay tuned. Imagine yourself on a journey with the Somewhat Nerdy Radio podcast crew as we travel through forgotten realms and far-off galaxies. Your captains, the sensational Snarf Chris and the cunning Critter, constantly face an element of danger. Welcome to the Somewhat Nerdy Radio Podcast. The bright light in the podcast sphere. Download and subscribe Somewhat Nerdy Radio today on iTunes and SoundCloud or stream it at somewhatnerdy.com. Good journey, nerds. And we're back. All right. Well, it is time for the limited releases that did not interest me that much this week. And we start with one called Spinning Man. A married professor known for having many affairs with his students becomes the prime suspect when a young woman goes missing. This stars Odea Rush from Goosebumps, Alexandra Shipp from X-Men Apocalypse, Pierce Brosnan from Goldeneye, Guy Pierce from L.A. Confidential, Minnie Driver from Goodwill Hunting, Clark Gregg from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and, of all people, Jamie Kennedy from Malibu's Most Wanted. So I, I had to edit that synopsis, because in the IMDb synopsis, it says, a happily married professor known for having many affairs with his students. So I just took the word happily out. Because if that piece of s*** was happily married, maybe he wouldn't be having affairs with his students, unless it's some sort of mental illness. But, oh yes, I'm so happily married, but I'm going to go bone a bunch of co-eds. Nah, f*** that. I changed it. 
Next up on the limited releases is Where is Kira? Kira loses her job and struggles to survive on her ailing mother's income. As the weeks and months go on, her problems worsen. This leads her on a risky and enigmatic path that threatens her life. This stars Michelle Pfeiffer from Batman Returns and Kiefer Sutherland from 24. And you know, this movie had potential. Um, it really did. And somewhere along the lines, it went wrong. It had two strikes against it. It had the fact that it didn't look interesting. And then also it was a limited release. I mean, if it was a wider release, I could have talked some more shit about it. But since it's not, that's what we get. Sweet Country is the next film. Sweet Country is an Australian western set on the Northern Territory frontier in the 1920s, where justice itself is put on trial when an aged aboriginal farmhand shoots a white man in self-defense and goes on the run as a posse gathers to hunt them down. This stars, well, just Sam Neill from Jurassic Park. And the final limited release this week is a movie called Lean on Pete. A teenager gets a summer job working for a horse trainer and befriends the fading racehorse Lean on Pete. This stars Steve Buscemi from Con Air, Chloe Sevigny from Big Love, Steve Zahn from The Perfect Getaway, Amy Samitz from Stranger Things, and Charlie Plummer from All the Money in the World. And everyone, that was it. That was it for the limited releases. Now we go into the movies that are regular wide releases and also limited releases I think look really good. So let's start with Pandas. In the mountains of Sichuan, China, a researcher forms a bond with Quan Quan, a panda who is about to experience nature for the first time. This is a limited release. It's only being released in IMAX, and even then, probably just IMAX, like actual IMAXs that you normally find at planetariums and places like that. Not those faux IMAX screens that like AMCs and other big movie companies have. This is narrated by Kristen Bell. I f***ing love nature documentaries. You all know this. And this one is about baby pandas. Who hates baby pandas? Raise your demon hands. Because if you hate baby pandas, you have no heart. I am sorry. You are not even human. So basically, this documentary is going to follow, and I did realize I pronounced it wrong, Chen Chen, not Quian Quian, but Chen Chen, is being groomed to re-enter society. Or not society, but, you know, nature. Because this panda was raised in captivity. Not capti captivity like a zoo, but in a controlled science environment or, or whatever. Raised by panda experts to help fight the decrease of pandas in the wild. So now Chen Chen is being released, and before Chen Chen is released, they have to get someone from America who is an expert in raising bears to teach Chen Chen how to bear. And it looks cute, and from the feeling the trailer gives me, it's going to stay cute and it's going to stay happy. Not so happy that pandas are suddenly not critically endangered, no, but happy in the fact that Chen Chen is not going to die out in the wild, which, yay! not dying. A panda is not going to die. Then that, that is good news to me. And this one I believe is actually worth seeing because it's it's always a an experience to watch an IMAX movie in a true IMAX. Cuz remember, if you go to a big time theater that says it has an IMAX screen, yes, it is kind of an IMAX, but also it kind of isn't. 
And a true IMAX screen is usually ones that just play these documentaries. Like there's one in San Jose, which is close-ish to me, at some um, children's discovery museum or something like that. Or no, it's not actually a children's museum, but it's um kind of like an exploratorium. If the city you're from or the nearest big city has an exploratorium, that's kind of what it is. It's fun for children, but also adults can go there. Like if, if you or I went there, we won't look like f***ing creeps because we're in this place for children. But anyway, it has a big IMAX screen. It's always playing documentaries. And I love that sh**. And I think we should all love that sh**. We should go get our knowledge on whenever we're in the area. So if I had been the Tech Museum, Tech Museum, that's what it's called. So if I had been at the San Jose Tech Museum and this movie was there, I would watch it in a heartbeat. And I think if you are going on a day out to some sort of museum or maybe even a theater that does have an IMAX screen and it's playing this, maybe watch it. Consider giving it a watch because documentaries are great it's a baby panda and you get to experience it all on one of the best screens modern theaters have to offer pandas gets a 7.5 out of 11 all right everyone the next film on this week's list is a movie called chappaquiddick depicting ted kennedy's involvement in the fatal 1969 car accident that claimed the life of a young campaign strategist this movie follows the story from the accident to the outcome the stars kate mara from shooter jason clark from dawn of the planet of the apes clancy brown from starship troopers olivia thribley from dread ed helms from the hangover bruce dern from the burbs and Jim Gaffigan from Super Troopers. You know, I think we had to wait for Ted Kennedy to pass away, and then and then even years after. It's almost been nine years since the former senator passed away, and now I think is the is the perfect time. So enough time has passed since his death that we can now talk about this again. Because if you remember, or if you were alive during the time, this was a big deal. A a United States senator was involved in the death of a young woman that involved drinking and driving. More so, it was a Kennedy. And this is after JFK died in 1963 and Bobby Kennedy died in 1968. This was just one year after the death of Bobby Kennedy. The family, probably still reeling from that, now has to deal with the fact that Ted Kennedy killed someone. So how does America's most powerful family, at least at that time, America's most powerful family, deal with that? I talked to my mother about this movie because, you know, she she loved JFK, Bobby Kennedy, JFK Jr. And I brought it up. And even though she wasn't a big fan of Ted Kennedy at all, she said, I'm sick of hearing about this because it's something that was never never lived down and nor nor do i think it should have been something that was lived down if you cause the death of someone that that shouldn't be something you get to sweep under the rug but for some people this movie will be a unwelcome pull into the forefront again into the spotlight of a story that they've been hearing for 48 years so i get it i i get the fact that my mother looked at this as a oh god this again but i can also see the fact that this is going to be an interesting movie seeing this from the kennedy side of things because we never got the full story from them we got what they wanted us to know we never really saw what happened behind the, behind the scenes and we kind of have to trust that this is an honest telling i kind of want to believe that this is an honest telling but this isn't based off any sort of book or any anything of note but remember that alone doesn't mean it's not going to be true it would just hold a lot more water it would just be a lot more believable to everyone if it was 
It was based on something. This looks like it's going to be a good movie, but one that's ultimately skippable. One that if you see it, you will like it, but one that you will not miss out on or feel like you missed something if you don't see it. So if movies based on history, historical movies, especially modern or, you know, recent historical movies interest you, then go check this out. But otherwise, let this one be. Chappaquiddick gets a 6.5 out of 11. Next up on the list is a sports movie. Yeah, a sports movie. We, we actually don't get a lot of those, do we? The next movie on the list is called The Miracle Season. After the tragic death of their star volleyball player, a team of high school girls must band together under the guidance of their coach in hopes of winning the state championship. And the former best friend of the deceased player must step up and be the new captain. This stars Helen Hunt from Twister, Tira... Scovby from Riverdale, Aaron Moriarty from Captain Fantastic, and William Hurt from Dark City. When we when we have sports movies, they're they're so often based on on something that really happened. Just because we love these these triumphant stories or even sometimes these tragic stories. And this movie is no exception. This is based on the story of Carolyn Found and the Iowa City West High School volleyball team. Carolyn Found died in an accident before the team's 2011 season began. And according to The Bustle, this movie, or just Bustle, not The Bustle, this movie was quite authentic because the people behind the movie found the players and got all of their stories. And it was important for director Sean McNarma to get it all right because he said in an interview that he wanted a positive role model for young girls. And if you think about it, this is something that Anne brought up. If you, if you think about it, how many movies have positive role models for young girls, high school or younger, but are also based on a true story? A lot of movies have badass women, especially more and more these days, but for someone that age, you don't see it a lot. And as Anne just pointed out, unless it's like somehow magical or you know fantasy sci-fi or a Disney movie, you don't see it a lot. So yes, as far as accuracy goes, this is going to be a very accurate movie just because the director wanted it to be. If you don't know who this director is, don't worry, he hasn't done a lot of big things. But if you remember the movie from 2011 called Soul Surfer, then you'll know then you'll know him. That's a movie that starred Helen Hunt, Dennis Quaid, Carrie Underwood, and <laughs> Kevin Sorbo and Anna Sophia Robb about that surfer who got her arm bitten off and then says, oh, I should get back in the water because that's a great idea. But no, seriously, good for her. Good for, uh, okay, what was her name? B -b -b Bethy, Bethany Hamilton. Yeah, good, good for her. If I got my arm bitten off, I wouldn't even want to look at the ocean again. I would kick seafood, go, you seafood. Uh, but let's stop that, uh, tangent right there and get back to this movie it looks good i i really like sports movies especially ones based on true stories or especially ones that are somehow like i or I said triumphant like mighty ducks one of my favorite movies we are marshall friday night lights the rookie 61 great movies and this one looks like it's going to be great and then also have the added benefit of giving young young girls young women a positive role model someone their age that is also based on a true story, so they won't go, oh, well, that's not for me, for this is a sci-fi movie, or this is fantasy. No, this really happened. Go and be empowered, because, uh, because, yeah, it's true. And also, who 
doesn't love it. Raise your dead inside hands if you don't love it. When you watch a movie like this and it, it's happening, everything is coming together for these people. They work hard, they train hard and they're winning. They're getting it. And they make it to that final game and then win or lose. They have already won because they have come together as one and overcome the odds. I will see this movie. It's not my pick of the week, but I will see this movie. And one of the reasons it didn't make it higher up on the list is because I think this one is going to be a little more readily available. This seems like the sort of movie to come out on on some sort of streaming service. It seems like we'll all get the chance to see it as opposed to some of the later movies, which a look better for theaters or also may not make it may not make it to the streaming services. So this looks good. If you really like sports movies, this is going to be, be the pick for you. And when you go see this movie, you can suddenly see what would have happened if Macaulay Culkin had been born a girl. Because the whole time I was watching the trailer, I was like, Tira Scovey looks like someone, looks like someone familiar. No, 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 that's not it. Okay, um, oh, what's her name? I have to look this up. It's not Macaulay Culkin she reminds me of. She reminds me of Anna Chlumsky, who was in the movie My Girl, with Macaulay Culkin. She actually did quite a lot, quite a few movies in the 90s. She was in My Girl, My Girl 2, and uh, Gold Diggers. Gold Diggers was that movie with her and Christina Ricci, and she's actually still doing a lot. But again, another tangent. <laughs> so this girl looks like a young Anna Chlumsky, if, if you care, if you give a shit at all. Let me get back on track and finish this up. This looks like a good movie. It looks like something that's worth a watch. If you like sports movies, go watch it. If you have kids, go watch it because this is a child-friendly movie. Not too young, mind you, in, unless you want to explain death to your kids. But maybe high school, middle school, do that, definitely. And especially if you have young girls, a positive role model for them. Uh, this looks like a good movie. The Miracle Season gets an 8.5 out of 11. All right, everyone, we have one more movie before the last break. And that movie is called The Endless. Two brothers return to the cult that they fled from years ago to discover that the group's belief may be more sane than they once thought. This doesn't start anyone of note. Uh, this was one of the limited releases that made it out of the limited release section. That and um, Chappaquiddick and Pandas made it out. Oh, and one of the movies I'm going to talk about next, after the break, uh, is, is another limited but this one, I, I have to say, I almost didn't even watch a trailer just because of the picture IMDb used as the main picture for the movie. Because at first this looked like some someone just grabbed a you know $100 camcorder and made a movie. Which if you're a huge fan of horror, if you watch a lot of horror movies, you're used to that. Because a lot of horror, or a lot of low-budget horror at least, has that look and feel to it. But for this movie, it, that, that was just one scene out of the movie where it was shot with someone's camcorder. But anyway, this movie looks good. It looks like a horror thriller, a, a an indie horror thriller that doesn't look like it's going to try too hard like the Babadook or It Follows. It looks good. It looks like there's going to be a lot of what the fuck's going on because the, these these two people return to this cult and they're like, oh, welcome back. You know, we, we, we're sorry that you left, but you know, you're back now. You know, good for you. By the way, we were right. Y'all. But obviously there's more to the cult being right than anyone knows is it aliens is it a monster what's going on you have to watch a movie to find out i think this would be an interesting movie but something to watch at home something that you would want to watch to be surprised like i don't know what to expect from this i, I just want to watch something interesting put it on this looks good but not great and at the very least it looks promising a, a really good idea I, I can't think of any other movie that i would compare to this 
A lot of movies have cults in them, but how many of them revolve around the cult being right, but also not being some evil satanic cult? Like, maybe the cult people don't even know what's truly going on. They're just like, oh, well, some of this shit happened, so yay, we're right, good for us, woo, team. And the more I talk about it, the more I realize I do want to watch it later, of course, just, but just to see what goes on. And I hope you give it a shot. Maybe you like it, maybe you won't, but at least you saw a interesting and unique movie. So there we go. The Endless gets a 7 out of 11. And with that, we go into our final break where we hear a word from our friends at Nerds of the Squared Circle and the Watch Your Mouth podcast. Stay tuned. Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com Hi, I'm Sam Jericho of SomewhatNerdy.com's Nerds of the Squared Circle. Join me... Starf Chris and the dude with the headband. We talk about wrestling and more wrestling. Do you like wrestling? Yeah. yeah. Then you should listen to our podcast. Do you not like wrestling? You should still listen to our podcast. Someone to read a comms, Nerds of the Squared Circle. Subscribe to us on iTunes or your favorite podcast app today. Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com. There are several ways to raise money for a good cause. Some do it by running marathons. Some host high-dollar dinners. And some just do it by clever internetting. We here at the Watch Your Mouth Podcast employ a different approach. Wall-to-wall filthy f***ing language. Go to a grocery store, I'm like, I know exactly what I need. I get in there, I'm like, Yeah, the f*** did I even come here for? With our charity swear jar, every f***ed up utterance from our unfettered gobs is a dime in the right direction. The motherfucker's a mouth breather. Gaming, movies, life musings, it's all here. Served on a bed of and garnished with a crown of Shut the f*** up! How the f*** did we get here? F*** all that goddamn jelly bean! So if you want to hear us do good things with bad words, check out the Watch Your Mouth podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Facebook, or online at wympodcast.com. And remember, swearing is caring, so watch your mouth. Welcome back, everyone. We have three more movies and then the question of the week. So, you know what? Why waste time? Let us not waste a second while we talk about blockers. Three parents try to stop their daughters from having sex on prom night. This stars WWE superstar John Cena, Leslie Mann from This Is 40, and Ike Barinholtz from Neighbors. Yeah, I'm going to love this movie. I, I think I will really enjoy it. This looks like it's my kind of comedy. It looks like it's stupid. It looks like it's the same vein as The Hangover, Office Christmas Party, 21 Jump Street, things like that, that I really do enjoy. So a funny, modern comedy. Uh, but it's still not my pick. It could have easily been my pick, but I think we're going to have a better movie this week. Two better movies. One limited, one wider. But if you want to watch a comedy, then this is for you. This is a movie you see, because if, you, if you've if you been listening to the whole episode, thank you. But also, you'll notice that we, we haven't had a lot of laughs so far, as far as the movies go. And maybe no laughs if you don't like my jokes. I wonder if anyone's actually laughed out loud at my show. That's that's something I've always wondered. Because some of Nerdy Radio has made me laugh out loud. Nerds of the Squared Circle, some of uh, Sam Kiss's offhanded comments make me laugh. And Watch Your Mouth Never Fails. But I wonder if anyone's ever laughed at me. Okay, well, with me, not at me, because that would be hurtful. That would hurt me in the heart. Mi corazón. Watashi no kokoro. But anyway, back to a movie that's totally not actually called Cock Blockers. Because let's face it, the movie may be called Blockers, but there's a picture of a rooster right in front of the word Blockers. So totally Cock Blockers, because this movie is about parents cock blocking their kids. And I have to say, I, I like the fact that it's a group of daughters 
who are the ones that really want to get laid and not a group of boys because then it could look be looked at as oh boys are disgusting men are pigs and, and there's this there's a scene in the trailer where one of the one, one of the girls is really trying to hint to her boyfriend or to at least to her date that she wants to get down and dirty and he keeps on kind of avoiding she's like no or she says your ship is going to be in my harbor tonight he's like oh well maybe maybe my ship will pass by the harbor she's like nope right in the harbor it's like okay maybe i just kind of dip into the harbor a little bit then go and she's like no in my harbor. And I hope a lot of people realize that if if they were switched, if, if it was a man saying that, it would be not cool at all. And that bothers me a little bit because we do have this, the positive of this movie being about women who are taking control of their sexuality and not being labeled as sluts in the meantime. But we also have them doing stuff that we, if we had a male character do, it would be looked at as gross, as sexist, misogynist, what, whatever, whatever word you want to use, but it would be negative. Hell, even in modern comedies, if we have a male character try and do that, either the woman is as equally into it as he is, or he is shot down so hard that it turns it from creepy to funny. And don't get me wrong, I still want to see this movie. This looks good, but I couldn't help but focus on that fact when I was watching the trailer. If it was a group of boys who wanted to bone down at the end of prom, I would still probably want to see it, but there would be a lot of people out there who go, ew, no, it's so sexist or some shit like that. But let's, let's get off that and let's go into the actors. Um, I like John Cena. I do. I like him as a wrestler. I mean, he, he may not be the best, but he has that thing. He has that thing The Rock had where he is a force of nature. Where he, in the WWE, where he is good behind the microphone, his personality is what keeps him going. Even though there are wrestlers that are far better than him, he deserves his place at the top. And now, just like The Rock, he is going into movies more and more. And you know what? He is good. He is really good. Because he, he doesn't really try to play anyone that's not himself. The Rock can. The Rock can go out of his comfort zone and do things. We saw it in, oh, what was that called? Get Shorty, I believe, was a sequel to, um, no, 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 Be Cool. Be Cool was a sequel to Get Shorty, and The Rock was in it. And he was a completely different character. But The Rock, in his big blockbusters, has one character, and that's what we love. And I think John Cena is going to be the same way. We can throw Leslie Mann into the mix because she is fantastic. And I bet she can look, she can make anyone look funny. She's great coupled with Paul Rudd. We know this from This Is 40. And, um, oh God, Knocked Up was their, their other movie. Ike Barinholtz, we know he's good from Neighbors. This movie has everything going for it to be a funny comedy. And I, if you want to watch a comedy, this is definitely the movie you see this week. Everything I have been talking about, about equality and all that shit. That was just a pet peeve I had. And that is all it is. I think this is going to be a raunchy, funny comedy and that is what i'm going to focus on when i see this but this is one of those movies that you won't miss out on if you don't see it in theater so that is a question to ask yourself what kind of movie do you want to watch do you want to watch a comedy like this or do you want to watch a movie like one of our next two blockers gets an eight out of eleven next up this week is a film that we've mentioned a few times on the show and i believe it was brian q was excited for it the movie is called you were never really here. A traumatized veteran, unafraid of violence, tracks down missing girls for a living. When a job spins out of control, his nightmares overtake him as a conspiracy is uncovered leading to what may be his death trip or his awakening. This stars Joaquin Phoenix from Her. 
And welcome, everyone, to the love child of Taken and Old Boy. So basically, this guy works not in an unofficial capacity to find missing girls, and he beats the living shit out of whoever has kidnapped or hurt these girls, then brings them home. And in this movie, it's like some senator's daughter is missing or something, and she's being like sex trafficked or something. And so he goes to find her and gets a hammer to beat in the skulls of everyone along the way. This gives me a feeling like, or the way it was filmed, like some, like, like someone watched a movie like The Neon Demon, like some true Nicholas Wingding Refn sh**. And when I know, I can kind of stylize my movie like that. And it doesn't totally turn me off. I hate Nicholas Winding Refn. I think he's a garbage movie maker, you know, director, writer, all that And this director, Lynn Ramsey, who is a indie director... And not just indie because she doesn't work on big budget films, but indie because, well, look at the kind of films she's done. We need to talk about Kevin, Ratcatcher, Marvin Collar, like ip indie hipster bullshit movies. But it looks like she got one right. But if you see this, be prepared to watch something hyper violent and hyper disturbing. So not only are we going to deal with this really young girl who is who has been kidnapped probably to be sold into sex slavery either that or is being abused by her captors so f***ing gross and awful there and then we're going to see joaquin phoenix beat the shit out of people with a hammer beat them bloody which we've seen in movies before but if it's done too brutally can just be eh and then we have the fact that we don't know if he is really seeing some of this shit. Because there's one scene in the trailer where he's making out with this little girl. I'm like, really? Are we doing that? But those three things that are huge negatives to me, I can take those, I can put those aside and still kind of want to see this movie. Or I could wait for Brian Q's review and then see it based on that. Because even though we have different tastes in movies, I think, or at least the movies he recommends to me are, are not ones I would normally see, I like the movies he recommends. So yeah, maybe I'll wait for him. But for the rest of us, you have to ask yourself, do you feel like a movie like this? A, a, a stylized, brutal movie. If the answer is yes, then maybe this is what you should watch this week. But if not, then skip this and watch the next movie instead. You Were Never Really Here gets an 8 out of 11. And finally, ladies and gentlemen, we have the last movie of the week, which is indeed my pick. The film that made it as a pick of the week is called A Quiet Place. A family is forced to live in silence while hiding from creatures that hunt by sound. This stars Emily Blunt from Edge of Tomorrow and John Krasinski from The Office. So this is a horror movie I've been hearing about for a while. A, a not a straight up horror. So a someone who's really into horror would m maybe snub their nose at it. I don't know if they would, but but it's more of a thriller horror. Which to some is a very important distinction to make. But basically in this film, some creatures appeared or something. I don't know where they came from, but one day everyone dies because guess what? If you make any noise, these things hear you, come for you, and kill you. So the people who survived are the people who figured it out. And that's where this family comes in. They, uh, the, the trailer is very silent. They, they learn sign language. So they don't have to talk. They don't wear their shoes. So there's no sound from the soul hitting the ground. They step around leaves and they make a really big point of this in the trailer. And this is why the trailer bothers me so much. Yes, folks, even for the pick of the week, the trailer bothers me because in the trailer, and there could be a very good explanation as to why, but here's what it looks like to me in the trailer. The trailer starts out with everyone being super quiet. 
they're obviously fearing something. They can't they can't make noises. And this family's walking around being totally silent. And their kid brings out this f***ing toy spaceship and press starts pressing buttons and it starts making noise. And the kid's standing there like, hur, hur, I'm a f***ing idiot. And it's like, really? You, you we, we just saw all these scenes of you being super quiet, of you and your children understanding you need to be quiet, of everyone being perfect at it. Now this f***ing idiot picks up some toy and starts making noise. And yes, there could be a bunch of reasons as to why that happened. Maybe the kid has never seen that toy before, so he doesn't realize it will make noise, and that idiotic look on his face is just his shocked face. Maybe this is a flashback to early on. But the people who have who made the trailer have to realize that they put everything in the wrong order then. And it bothers me. But what doesn't bother me is the movie. The movie looks good. It looks tense. It looks really well done. It looks like a beautiful movie. And it looks like it has good actors in it. And this is directed by John Krasinski. This is only his fourth directorial job. And it looks like he did a good job. I honestly don't know what else to say about this movie. Because it looks good. And if it's at all up your alley, you'll want to see this. This looks like a, a special gem of a movie that you just need to watch a trailer. And you'll know if you'll like it or not. And of course, that may sound obvious, but that's not always the case, as we know. We know that sometimes movies are much better than the trailers. Sometimes they are. Sometimes they are exactly what's shown. And I think this movie is going to be one of those. A Quiet Place gets an 8.5 out of 11. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we jump into the question of the week. And if you remember, last week we were talking about directors. What director always disappoints you? What director do you no longer trust? The easy answer, of course, is Michael Bay, but that is low-hanging fruit, so let's see what others have said. We get our first answer from Brian Q, who says, The director that keeps letting me down is Peter Jackson. I loved some of his work, like Heavenly Creatures or Dead Alive, but some stuff is just terrible. The last Hobbit movie made me feel embarrassed for having suggested it. And see, this is why I think we would get along. Because of that. Good job. That is a good answer. And we had Ken Petrie. Yes, Ken from the Watch Your Mouth podcast. This show's wonderful bromance answered. He answered last week's question about who would play you in a movie. He says Louis Black. At least I assume that's why you said Louis Black. And he answered this week's question. He says Wes, master of pants, shittingly obnoxious, forced quirk. Goddamn Anderson. Life Aquatic? Grand Budapest? They're moderately stomachable. The rest can gargle my bright pastel-colored balls to a minimalist, cheap, keyboard-laden soundtrack. And goddamn, that was the best written answer I've heard in a long time. I kind of like Wes Anderson, I think. Um, I enjoy his movies, but I have the feeling if I sat, sat down with Ken and he pointed things out to me about what he doesn't like about them, then I, I think it might ruin Wes Anderson for me. And Ken, I have to ask, have you ever seen that skit, uh, if Wes Anderson directed the X-Men? It's pretty good. And for me, I actually had to think about it for a while. Um, Darren Ar Ar Aronofsky was almost my pick, but I haven't seen Mother yet. And I want to see which one of the two sides I would be. Would I be one of the ones who loved it, thinks it's a great movie? Or will I think it is utter sh**, like a lot of people have thought? Of course, Aronofsky, I believe, in an interview said you have to watch Mother twice or something like that. But f*** you if I have to watch a movie twice. I should be able to watch a movie once. 
If you can, if you watch it again and you get more or you enjoy it more, that's one thing. That is fine. I Napoleon Dynamite for me was like that. The first time I was like, oh, okay, that was that was mediocre, and then I watch it again. I'm like, I I really liked it this time. But if I have to watch it a second time to enjoy it, then go f- yourself because you're terrible at your job. Also, quit hiring Jennifer Lawrence. But I since I haven't seen that one yet, and that one's arguably the biggest one especially recently, I had to go with Nicholas Wingding Refn, uh, because that, uh, that ass makes bad movies. That's unfair. I don't know if he's an ass, but I'll just call him an ass for the show. Drive, Bronson, Valhalla Rising, The Neon Demon. If you're one of the five people who've liked those movies, then, then good job. You are his audience. For the rest of us, this guy can just stop making movies and no one will give a shit. Or maybe a better answer would be Eli Roth, just because I I watched Drive and Bronson. I was like, okay, movies, yeah. Never want to rewatch them, but uh, no, maybe yeah, maybe I'll change my answer. Eli Roth is is garbage to movies. It was just brought up to me that I do like a Eli Roth movie, Cabin Fever, but I think that could be just because it has Ryder Strong in it, who is from Boy Meets World. Of course, played the role of Sean. I'll have to watch it again and and re reassess my thoughts on him. But that is it. That is all the answers we got. And it is time for the new question of the week. And the question of the week comes to us from a quiet place, because I realized that in a world where you had to stay quiet, otherwise you would die, I would f***ing die. If I somehow made it through a day, I would fall asleep and snore and my bitch ass would be eaten by these monsters. That'd be it. So we've all thought about this before. Like, what would you do in a horror movie? How would you survive? But what about this? What would get you killed right away? What thing could you add to the plot of a horror movie where you just where you would just go F- that I'm dead? I won't. I wouldn't even make it a day. So I understand that's a little tougher question to ask. So uh, I won't be surprised if I don't get many answers to it. But it's just something that came into my mind, just because me and being quiet, I I have a hard time with it. So to reword this, what situation or circumstance in a movie would guarantee your death? And with that, it is time to wrap this up with the housekeeping. You can find me on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and any podcast app, as well as the Somewhat Nerdy website. That's somewhatnerdy.com. I'd really appreciate it if you take a few moments out of your day to give the podcast a rating. It does not take long, and I would love five stars. And then also share the podcast. Tell your friends. Help the show grow. Also leave a comment. Tell me what I'm doing right. Tell me what you think I need to improve on and I will listen to the criticism. How do you reach me? As always, that's a great question. Leave a comment for me on the Somewhat Nerdy website or Facebook page. Leave a comment on SoundCloud. Hit me up on Twitter at BilliamSWN and Instagram at BilliamSWN. You can also email me at BilliamReviews at gmail.com. Be sure to check out the Somewhat Nerdy Radio and Nerds of the Squared Circle also on the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network and the Watch Your Mouth Podcast, great friends of the show. Don't forget to check out the Somewhat Nerdy site for all of our latest blogs and news. And finally, my dear friends, my dear, dear listeners, my future fans, please remember that no matter where life takes you, no matter what your week has in store, just take some time to catch a flick. I'm Billion from Somewhat Nerdy signing off, and I'll see you in the future.